Department of Homeland Security, the city, or local NGOs were alerted about a plan to leave migrants, including children, on the side of a busy D.C. street makes clear that this is just a cruel, premeditated political stunt. This is what they are doing. And a couple more things. The migrants, including children, who arrived in Martha's Vineyard were misled about where they were being taken and what would be provided when they arrived is also deeply alarming. The children Governor Abbott abandoned in Martha's Vineyard, the children that the, that um, that Governor DeSantis abandoned uh, as well, um, you know, deserve better. They deserve better than being left on the streets of D.C. Ultimately, if this continues in the pattern that it is, it's not going to be enough. Um, and obviously, we have resources that we've reprogrammed um, to, I think as uh, the senator said, uh, so eloquently to meet the moment. But if this moment continues for weeks and months, there's going to be, there, there has to be more. Uh, there's a finite number of resources that are available uh, through FEMA. We intend to get every single penny that we possibly can. But I met what I said earlier, if monies are going to the state of Texas and they're abdicating the responsibilities that they agreed to <clears throat> to get those monies, those monies need to be reprogrammed and sent to states uh, and cities like Chicago, like New York, um, like uh, uh, Washington, D.C. New York, to date, um, as of yesterday, had 11,000 people that had come to New York City. I mean, contemplate that number. And th they need, we need, D.C. needs more assistance, um, and, and obviously I know that there's um, work being done um, by the White House um, and some of the executive agencies to look to other resources. That can't happen fast enough. So we're going to continue to be in conversation with them uh, to let them know what is happening on the ground here. Um, I had a, a, a series of very uh, productive conversations when I was in D.C. on Friday, but we're not going to put take our foot off the gas to say that we need a comprehensive plan from the federal government. And again, we all know what the, the reality is. This is a national problem. It needs a national solution. Um, and we, as cities and states, cannot be left uh, to fend to ourselves. <laughs> all right. Welcome back. It's Monday. Wow. They really, really just don't like when you bring migrants to these blue cities. They just want to leave the problem on the border. They're not interested in having these people in their cities. And I, I really appreciated a couple different things from each one of those clips. But I, I'm going to start with my favorite one, the one that I really... I just, when I heard it, I started laughing and I had to watch the video again because I laughed so hard I missed the rest of it. And it was when Lori Lightfoot made the just astonishingly stupid remark of saying, New York City, 11,000 migrants. Contemplate that number, 11,000 migrants. <laughs> hey, Lightfoot. Why don't you contemplate the 2 million that came across the border in all the southern states? Why don't you sit there and contemplate on that for a while and really absorb that and take that in? Uh, and as far as resources go, Lightfoot, everybody only has a certain amount of resources. If you're running out of resources because you have a couple thousand migrants brought to your city, how do you think the border states are doing? You think they're running out of resources? When it's been a couple million, not a couple thousand. <laughs> Boy, these people don't like it. They just don't. And then Jean-Pierre, uh, 
saying, really just trying to poke at your heart and poke at your emotions. And she had to bring leaving these children in the middle of the street. Listen, I got to be honest with you. I've watched a video. Nobody's leaving anybody in the middle of the street. They have drop-off locations. They have people that take them and direct them to where they need to go. They are fed on the way there. These people aren't being mistreated. We're just getting them to getting them to destinations that are supposedly uh, illegal alien friendly. Let's say it that way. I can get canceled for saying that because God forbid you say illegal alien these days. But let's say illegal alien friendly. Uh, I guess unless it's Martha Vineyard, Martha's Vineyard, where all the uh, elite Democrats are at, Oprah Winfrey, Barack Obama, and plenty others. Because there, even though they claim to be a sanctuary and they tell you that, uh, you know, it's you're a monster if you're not willing to allow these people to come in the country. But I guess in Martha's Vineyard, if you you drop them off there, it's a problem. Even though they're not supposed to be racists, it's a problem that you're dropping these migrants off there. How... How important, <laughs> how important do you think back in the blue to them is now, huh? <laughs> how the tables turn. I bet they're loving the police officers now because as quickly as they dropped the 50 off up there is as quickly as the police had them removed. Put them on buses and send them back around the country. Supposedly they were even sending some of them back to Florida. <laughs> I bet the cops are mighty important to the people in Martha's Vineyard right now. <laughs> I guess they don't want to defund them anymore. Uh, I know DeSantis said that uh, that's not going to be the last trip of people going up there. He's just going to steady keep dropping them off, and they should. Because what makes you so much better than the rest of the country that you don't have to face the same problems that everybody else is facing? If the border uh, states are having to figure out how to house and feed and how to work it out financially uh, to accommodate 2 million people, I think the least that these people that claim they're sanctuary cities, the ones that claim that they love these people and it's so racist if you don't want them here, I think the least they could do with a few thousand people, especially like in Martha's Vineyard. I mean, you got billionaires there, especially there. You can't figure out what to do with 50 people. Hell, some of you people's homes there could accommodate everybody that was dropped off. If you like them so much, why don't you let them room and board for free, feed them for free, and get all straightened out and then send them back out into society. It just, it seems to me that the Democrats are not living up to what they claim to be. It just seems to me that they're really showing their true colors here. I mean, call me crazy, but they don't want them here either. Why it's okay is because when it's in a far off distant land, so far from the blue cities that those people will never make it up here. Or if they do, it's such a minimal influx of people you know, a dozen or a or hundred at a time here and there, they're okay with it. But when you drop off just a couple of thousand in a city like New York or Chicago or, or even 50 in Martha's Vineyard, where there's supposedly plenty of money and you got all your sympathizers there, it's a problem for them. It's better when it's not them. So it shows what they really think about the immigration situation. They want to flood in the border states. A lot of the border states are red states, figuring that... In time, they can get these people, grant them amnesty, get them to stay, get them their voting, get them uh, situated to vote, that they'll vote for Democrats and you can change some of these red states to blue states and that way they can just retain power. They, they think that they're real slick. Uh, they don't want them in the blue states because they've got those on lockdown. They don't need any additional votes. They already got their systems in place, how to steal uh, elections, and they have enough Liberal-minded Americans that don't pay attention that are going to vote for them anyways. You know, they're, 
they're in these situations. It's amazing. You know, you you look at a place like Chicago. Chicago is <laughs> New York's the Wild West now. You know, Giuliani had it pretty clean, and from what he did, it lasted for a while. It took De Blasio to come into place for it to really start going down, and now Eric's in there, and it's even worse. <clears throat> um, but it's it's really simply amazing that uh, the people living in these areas see how much they're deteriorating and how bad things are there. And they continue to vote the same way. It's amazing. It's like they're gluttons for punishment. They just, it's like they enjoy it. They just enjoy being locked down. They enjoy watching small businesses be destroyed. They enjoy the crime on the streets. They enjoy the murder rate. They enjoy going to bed at night and not knowing whether you're going to wake up with a gun in your face or not. I guess they, they're okay with that. See, I'm not, but I guess in those cities, they've been conditioned to think that that is a normal way of living, so they're okay with it, because they keep voting for the same type of people with the same bad policies, expecting that things are going to get better, but, you know, they never do. So, you might want to change your way of thinking, it will probably benefit you in the future to do so. You just hope at some point everybody just wakes up and... Smells the roses. I don't know. All right. Iowa teen. This is this story is really kind of insane. Uh, an Iowa teenager who pled guilty to killing her alleged rapist has been sentenced to pay $150,000 in restitution to his family. I, I, they started a GoFund, uh, GoFundMe campaign on her behalf. It's Piper Lewis. Uh, her case made national headlines because she got uh, the judge sentenced her to five years probation after hearing the circumstances surrounding the murder she committed. Unfortunately, because laws in Iowa, Lewis was sentenced to pay $150,000 of restitution to the family of the man she killed, despite what he had allegedly been doing to her. The court uh, is presented with no option. Judge basically said because of the laws in Iowa, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Um, in response to what was happening, former teachers of hers started a GoFundMe account to help her pay this ridiculous. Uh, okay, the amount it, to me is means nothing. It, it's not that one hundred fifty thousand dollars mean nothing, but you, it's kind of that's not the point here. Uh, but they trying to get this together to help her pay that bill, and then she'll be on probation for five years old. Um, she's 17 years old now. She killed Zachary Brooks. He was 37 when she was 15 years old. She testified in court that she had been raped by many men, including Brooks, who had forced her to drink alcohol and smoke marijuana before abusing her. Lewis said that uh, she snapped in a blind rage when, and she ended up stabbing him over 30 times in his sleep after he raped her again in, an, in another incident. I, she pled guilty, this whole story is messed up, to involuntary manslaughter. Uh, she could have been sentenced to up to 10 years of prison for each charge. Uh, if she violates her terms of probation, she could still face the full sentence of it. Uh, after noting the generosity of the donations, the organizer of the campaign said the rest of the money would be used to remove financial barriers for Lewis to attend college and start her own business, as well as fund her advocacy 
for underage victims of sex trafficking. At the time of the article, the it was up to $507,000 in the GoFundMe page. But to show you how broken our system is, how could you expect a little girl 15 years old to pay the family of a guy that repeatedly raped her? I don't... We need to fix the laws. And there is plenty of laws in each state in this country that are either out of date or don't make any damn sense, and they need to be corrected. This seems to be one of them. It it did seem like the judge sympathized with her, but his hands were tied because of the law. At this moment, there should be some lawyers out there taking a real hard look at this law and seeing how it can be if not replaced, at least be fixed to work better. Because I don't see why any woman who goes through that trauma should have to pay anything. I understand that you killed somebody. I get that. But under those circumstances, I, I think it's justified. Um, you know, it's, that's me. You could have a different opinion than I do. A 15-year-old girl gets raped, she kills a rapist. You know, I feel like justice was served. I think she gets a uh, gets to walk away from everything. I think anything that's on her record, if it is there, should be expunged so it doesn't hinder anything in the future. And she should go about her life, seek some counseling, because I'm sure she would need it to uh, help her deal with the situation of, you know, number one, being assaulted, and number two, taking somebody else's life. Uh, and that's it. I don't think they should have to pay any penalties for that. I think the guy got what he deserved and that's that. If you're a rapist and that offends you, well, (laughs) you're listening to the wrong guy. You might want to find another podcast that might be better suited to people like yourself. But I honestly think that uh, that law is definitely, there's something going on there. I don't know Iowa. I don't know their laws. But the way the article reads, and this article's on The Blaze, and definitely want to read The Blaze. I, I mean, I don't know how many people read The Blaze. This is a complete side note. But Glenn Beck, his organization, Blaze Media, are very, very good about bringing facts, telling the truth. So if you haven't checked out their website, go to The Blaze Media um, and check them out. I think you'll be pleased with everything. They report on everything. They're going to report on stories you don't even hear about. So it's, it's a good site to go to. But, uh, yeah, I was kind of shocked reading this story the first time that she had to pay anything. So hopefully you got some lawyers in Iowa that will take this up and try to correct whatever the problem is with the laws that they got there because, wow. Just say, as a Southern Baptist, wow. I grew up reading the Bible. Maybe a backslidden Baptist, but I still know the Bible. Jesus never once talked about abortion. Never once. And it was happening back in ancient times. It was happening during his time. Never once mentioned it. And for people perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ down to one issue, it's heresy. Go, if you don't believe me, if that makes you angry, why don't you do something you haven't done in a long time? Open the Bible, open the New Testament, read the red letters, you won't see it there. And yet there are people 
who were using Jesus as a shield to make 10-year-old rape girls go through a living and breathing hell here on earth. They've also conveniently overlooked the parts of the New Testament where Jesus talks about taking care of the needy, taking care of those who are helpless, who live a hopeless life, because they believe these state legislators believe that life begins at fertilization and ends at childbirth. Wow. There's going to be a special place in hell for that guy. All right. Uh, as a Christian, I have actually read the Bible. <laughs> King James Version. And I can assure you there's no mention of abortion anywhere in the Bible at all. <laughs> not, not one time in for uh, him to try to manipulate words and see it the way that he sees it, try to say that the Bible, you're supposed to be protecting people and you're supposed to be a sympathizer to them, uh, not for abortion. Yeah, well, let, me, let me ask you this question, because that was such an ignorant-ass statement. Why would God put a life here to then allow you just to destroy his creation that quickly? Why? Why would it be here? Every life has a purpose. Whether we figure that out as adults and throughout your life, whether you figure out what your true purpose here is or you do not, every life has is intended, has a purpose. We're all pieces to this machine of life. We all have our own impacts day to day. Whether you believe that or not, if I, one of the best movies that kind of shows that and if you would be honest with yourself and sit down and really look at it, I'm a big old movie fan. It's a wonderful life. What would the people around you be like if you actually did not exist? You know, I mean, if you really take that theory, and I know it's a Christmas movie, it's supposed to have a happy ending, but if you think about it, think of all the things that you've done in your life. Think of moments where maybe as a dad, one of the kids were choking and you were there to, to help somebody else's kid out. What if you weren't there? Does that kid die because you weren't there? Uh, what if as a father, you're older, your kids have done something spectacular in their life and they've made such a difference? Well, if you weren't their dad and they were never born, then obviously that never happened and whatever difference they made is not there anymore. Now, if you really take yourself out of everything and really look at it, you belong right where you're at. You're an important piece to this puzzle called life. Why would God, knowing that, placing people here for very particular reasons, you know, we don't all get to be rock stars at the top, but we are all rock stars in life because the decisions and everything that we do matters. It matters more than we probably believe at most times. So when this idiot is going to try to use the Bible, manipulate the words in it to suit his political preference, because the only reason he advocates for abortion is politically they think that's a winning move. Do you think that he cares about abortion one way or the other? If he does, it's only because he's probably sleeping around and he doesn't want to deal with the problems of having a baby. So he'd rather see it be aborted so he can continue living that lifestyle that he wants to live. But it has nothing to do with that. He probably doesn't care about abortion because he can't, he can't abort because he's a man. 
Oh, <laughs> can't say that either. But yeah, men can't get pregnant. So what does he care? Scarborough is an idiot. And this isn't the first time that he's tried to use the Bible to prove some type of a point. And I don't know whether he is actually thinks he's proving a point or if he's just doing it to take a dig at Christianity because we are all being demonized right now because we believe in a higher being that is not the Democratic Party. <laughs> and, and they don't like that. They don't like that we have hope outside of them. They don't like that we feel ultimately we don't answer to them. And it's probably a combination of the two. But you, he tends to use Jesus and the Bible quite a bit to try to prove these ridiculous points that he thinks he's probably being so smart in saying what he's saying instead of realizing that you sound like a complete jackass. There's a guy I would like to debate. I mean, especially about the Bible. Let's have a debate on the Bible. I would love to invite Joe Scarborough to come on. I'll do an hour or two. I don't give a, I don't really don't care how long he's on. We could sit there to debate the Bible all day long. And I guarantee you, I'm going to win that argument because I will shut down every stupid opinion that he has of the Bible. It, that just another useful idiot from the left that will just make any ridiculous uh, statement to try to somehow grasp and think that he's proving a point in what he's saying. All right, it's Monday. I hope you enjoy what you're hearing. If you do, please rate and review me, especially on Apple. It does help, and I appreciate everybody that has put something in there because since I've been asking more and more recently, uh, a few more have come in on there, and I've been getting alerts that uh, people are putting stuff on there. So thank you for that. Uh, if uh, you'd like to reach out to me, littlejocc.com, go to the contact section, leave me a message. Uh, and beyond that, forget the rest of it. Beyond that, <laughs> we'll do it again tomorrow.